And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save-On Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we're going to be hopping around the province today in the city of Vancouver. Uh, first up, uh, of course, is uh, our trip up to Comino. We'll speak with uh, Jean-Marc Nixon. He's the manager and winemaker there. There's been a lot of changes at Comino, including a sale, but we want to talk a little bit about uh, his style and some of the wines that are coming out of this uh, really exceptional property uh, on the Golden Mile Bench in the South Okanagan. Uh, Jim Vessel joins us uh, after a tour of Mila Restaurant by Casey Wilson. This is a brand new, uh, uh, we say a vegan restaurant or plant forward? How are we calling it, Casey? I kind of like plant forward, but it is vegan and it, it the food is so flavorful. Everybody will love it when they check it in. Check okay, that's gonna that's gonna open up on Kiefer Street in uh, downtown Vancouver, in in uh, just off of Chinatown, and then uh, to open the show coming up next, Mike Clark uh, is the managing uh, director and winemaker at Clos de Soleil, and I think I think that he's out tasting grapes, so we're gonna try and track him down uh, as he's driving around the province to. Uh, Taste grapes and get ready for the harvest, which is coming now very quickly, especially down in the South Okanagan. Next, we're on the road, and we'll talk a bit about our trip in the coming weeks. Uh, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network is going to cover off a lot of territory from the Naramata Bench all the way to East Kelowna with a lot of visitors in between. So all that and more coming up next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save On Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards. Plus, there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save On Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. Officially, summer ends September 22nd. But not at Spirit Ridge Resort. Their endless summer begins September 21st. Book three nights and get a $75 credit that you can use at any of their many on-site activities. From Solterra Spa Services, golfing at Sonora Dunes, dining at the Bear, the Fish, the Root, and the Berry. Even wakeboarding with Wake Pilot Rentals. Spirit Ridge has it all. Book today and quote endless summer to experience the beauty of Spirit Ridge. Part of the Unbound Collection by Hyatt. Visit spiritridge.ca. Calling all winemakers, craft brewers, cider makers, or artisan distillers. Canada's first wine village is coming, and you could be a part of it. Located at the gateway to Canada's wine capital in Oliver, the village provides turnkey, low-capital production facilities that are available for lease starting now. But with space for only 16 artisan producers, the time to act is now to be part of history and start crafting your unique story. To learn more, visit districtwinevillage.com. Tony Haller, owner of Poplar Grove Winery. The best wine experience I had was very recently. We were with a bunch of sommeliers from Calgary and Vancouver, and they asked to do a vertical of legacy. 
the oldest legacy we had, which we then called Reserve, was a 1998. We opened that bottle. It was delicious. And these sommeliers were stunned that a wine that old could still be fruit forward. Experience the glory. Join the wine club at poplargrove.ca. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We are uh, heading up to the Similkameen Valley. In fact, uh, on the road in the Similkameen is Mike Clark. He's the winemaker, managing director of Clos de Soleil. Are you jumping between vineyards, tasting grapes, Michael? Is that what's going on today? That is exactly what's going on today. This beautiful weather has really um, got all the grapes maturing really uh, rapidly and, and beautifully. And so I'm uh, going around tasting and sampling grapes. Wow. Can you tell people what that's like? Like, uh, you know, it's, I mean, we get it. You go in and you taste them. But what, what are you doing? You go in there, you, do you pick specific grapes or berries? Or how do you go about that to, to decide whether a vineyard's ready to pick or not? It's, it's actually one of my favorite jobs because it gets me out into the vineyard looking at the vines and at the berries, which is a really critical part. Um, what I'm doing is going and taking a random sample of berries from different vines, different clusters, different uh, positions within the grape cluster. Uh, through yeah, the like whole shaded or... Really exactly. Uh, and yeah. then, so then it's partly science and partly taste. So I'm tasting the grapes and judging their flavors, but then I also take them back to a lab and analyze how much sugar and how much acid they have. Yeah. Was there, I always ask this question, what, do you remember the time when you when you were doing it and you didn't really know what you were looking for, what you were doing, and then there's that moment where you go, okay, I get it, now I know what, what you know, the grapes are, when to pick these grapes, and now you can do it much more confidently. Did, confidently, did that happen with you, or...? Oh, for sure. Uh, but I would say th- it, there's not one point. I'm still learning. Every year I'm trying to get better. So it's a constant process. And every vineyard has its own personality. So it's by working with the same vineyard year after year that you really get to know how to bring the best out of that vineyard. And Mike, you are a self-described worrier. <laughs> True. Yes. And, and you, that... you consider that a strength. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true, because I, I think that my job as a winemaker is to not mess up the, in, the inherent beauty of the grapes. And so if I worry about not making a mistake, then the, the grapes take care of the rest. They, they already have the good stuff. My job is just not, don't screw it up. Yes, I thought a self-described warrior was a winemaker, so that, it's a perfect fit, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, okay, you have. Uh, I want to talk about this wine. You have an upcoming release of your of your premium wine. So let's start with with maybe sometimes just a quick review for our listeners of the range of wines you make until we get up to this to the estate wine. Walk us through that. Yeah, so at Clos de Soleil, we see ourselves as specialists, uh, primarily of Bordeaux varieties. So working with the same varieties they grow in Bordeaux, but trying to make them taste of our Samalcamine vineyards. Um, then we have different uh, tiers 
within our wines. We have our black label wines, which are at really attractive price points and designed to really over-deliver for what we might call everyday wines. Then we have our mm-hmm. white label wines, which are our flagship wines. And the one that's, uh, that is going to be released uh, on September 22nd, which is the Fall Equinox, is the very pinnacle white label wine. Uh, we call it our estate reserve, and we're going to be releasing the 2016 vintage. Yeah, and this is a this is a blend of several uh, grape varieties. Uh, almost uh, well, the fir- the lead ones, I guess, are almost equal. In in uh, is it Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot, roughly a third each, or? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And then yeah. smaller amounts of, of Cabernet Franc, uh, Petit Verdot, and Malbec. But all of these yeah. five varieties are coming from one single vineyard. Uh, on the upper bench, it's our oldest vineyard organic and biodynamic and so you know when i when i make a wine my goal is to have the wine tell a story and so this particular wine is to tell a story about the 2016 year and about that small piece of upper bench land and when yeah. when you're blending how difficult is that i mean i i think that'd be absolutely nerve-wracking putting together a, a wine like that uh, it, it is. It's the part of the process, in my view, that's the most uh, artistic in the sense that winemaking is part science and part art. The science is important to it, but when you're putting together the blend, it's all about taste and how the uh, how it works together. Uh, you throw the science out the window at that stage in the process. 2016. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm still trying to understand why this vintage is so great. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's going to take a few more years for me to figure out what was so special in the Okanagan in 2016. But uh, I've been waiting for this wine to come out, and I've just had a chance to taste it. I haven't actually released the note. I want to read you something because I don't normally uh, publish or talk about notes until they're out in the public. But uh, this wine, I tasted this wine the other day. I didn't even know we were going to talk about it on the show until until yesterday. I wrote this. This wine has the potential to wow the wine world from the get-go thanks to its savory, complex aromas of cassis and desert scrub. The palate is alive, not to mention electric, boasting multiple layers of flavors, mixing black cherries, plums, graphite, and great acidity before dense, sweet, rounded tannins fill in the finish. What a wine, folks. And there's only about 100 cases, so that means 100 people can buy a case or 1,200 people can buy a bottle. I don't know how that's going to go. You know go, what, but, Mike? Uh, I think you should double the price. A... <laughs> yeah, you should. You. With that well, review, let's... you could double the price. Let's not go crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, quite a nice wine, uh, impressively balanced. Well, anyway, you'll see the note soon, but... Uh, uh, it's great to have that wine, and it, it, uh, the Similkameen has this wonderful, Casey, you know, when you go there, you have this sort of stony, dusty thing going on, and, and I think it's, it's for me, although it's not a total uh, sub-region, I think it's the area that most exemplifies its terroir at the moment in, the, in, the, uh, in British Columbia. It's so exciting. So, anyway, keep on going. Uh, and Thank speaking you. of I, keeping I, on going. It's exciting, too. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. To me, it's exciting to I. Uh, I completely agree with you about how the Simulcamine has something really special that comes through in the wines. And from my perspective, uh, the less I do to the wine, the more that special uh, Simulcamine terroir comes through. Yeah, 
I want to know how you keep finding vineyards. Everybody's looking for vineyards. You've got another one now, a fourth vineyard that you've called uh, or you're naming Whispered Secret. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. So it, it is a vineyard that actually we've been working with for a number of years. Some of our very highest quality Sauvignon Blanc for flagship white wines comes from that vineyard. And it, uh, I became so convinced of the quality of this vineyard that I wanted to make sure we secured it for the future, forever, for Clos de Soleil. So um, we purchased the land uh, just recently, and uh, and we've put it into transition to organic status. And now we know that that fruit is for us forever. Wow. Good for you. You must have lots of dough. Where are you manufacturing? You got money trees up there, too, in the vineyards? or? <laughs> We're us promote our wines exactly yeah. oh boy i no one relies on me buddy I, that's not a good thing uh let's talk a little bit about soleil 160 about the wine club and why why would people want to join the wine club what's in it for them and how how does it work well, uh, we try to make it really attractive for our club members, but I think the number one reason that people would want to join our club is, for example, the wine that you just described, our Estate Reserve 2016. At only 100 cases, that wine will go very fast. We've actually had a number of wines uh, this year that sell out within a matter of a few weeks. And so what we always do is promise to our club members that they get the very first crack at any of our wines. Uh, so that's a, a really big thing. But beyond that, they can adopt uh, a row of vines in our vineyard and have their name on the row. Uh, they get first access to any sort of uh, events that we hold during the year. Uh, they get discounts all the time, 365 days a year for any purchases they make. So there are a lot of benefits. Mm. And you, so you were—you got interested in wine when you were ten years old, reading a book called "Champagne Is for Breakfast." So when did you have your first drink? <laughs> Yeah. Well, not at 10, but don't you agree with me that champagne is for breakfast? I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if you've read that book, but uh, I have a, a number of older wine books that I read and actually enjoyed as a kid, but that was one that I still have on my shelf today. Wow. Very a kid reading wine books. I love that. Uh, I should have asked... I, I should have checked with you before the show, but uh, you were going to do an event in Vancouver. Is is that still going to happen now, or there's so many? There's been so many changes with COVID, but you were talking about an event in late September. That's very true. I was really excited about that. Unfortunately, uh, we made a joint decision with the venue to delay it because of what uh, is is going on in in the world with COVID. Uh, so the yeah. event will definitely happen, but we've. Uh, We'll have to re-announce the date at a later point. Uh, right. And, that was okay, and, uh, Provence, a fantastic restaurant. Yeah. So for people traveling up, as I say, uh, the best way to get to the Similkameen is to take the uh, crow's nest and uh, take the, well, it used to be the slow route. It's not so slow anymore. It's just a lovely drive. Uh, when will you be open now? How, how will you uh, stagger your hours through harvest and uh, into the end of the year? Will, it, will, it be, uh, will there be changes in times and meetings and all of that? So right now uh, we're open uh, five days a week, but it's reservation only. Um, and people can make reservations through our website or by calling us or emailing us. Uh, and that's right. until the end of September. Um, beginning in October, 
will be going to some reduced hours, but really 12 months a year, people are always welcome to come and visit us. They just need to make a booking or call us in advance. Yeah, give you some notice. That sounds yeah. great. Uh, when do you think you'll pick your first grapes? Uh, yeah, funny you should ask. Well, we actually had our very first harvest. Uh, it was only about a couple tons of grapes, but last Friday. Um, but we're going to really be getting into it starting this weekend. We have about another 10 tons coming in this weekend. Mm. Well, we wish you luck with uh, 2020. It's going to be a memorable vintage any way you look at it, uh, but it's always more memorable when the wines are great, so we hope for that as usual. Absolutely. Thank you, Michael. Great to chat with you today, and, uh, well, we hope to see you soon somewhere, either in town or up there uh, in the Similkameen Valley, the beautiful Similkameen. Thanks for joining us on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Thank you. I look forward to seeing both of you. Thank you. Okay. Good luck. Don't wash that car. That was uh, that was Michael Clark. He's uh, actually out in the vineyards tasting grapes, preparing for the 2020 harvest. Uh, and so are we here on uh, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. We'll take a quick break, but we'll be back with more uh, with uh, Casey Wilson and Tony Gismondi. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Rediscover the South Okanagan good life at Watermark Beach Resort, Asoyas Hotel and Conference Centre. Just steps to everything. The beach, shopping, the marina and great dining at the restaurant at Watermark. New executive chef Nick Atkins invites you to indulge your senses with bright new flavours inside or on the newly expanded lakeside patio. Featuring new health and safety protocols and procedures. Reservations are highly recommended. Celebrate the South Okanagan. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com. Have the extraordinary organic wines of Summerhill Pyramid Winery in the pristine Okanagan Valley delivered to your door. When you become an organic ambassador, a portion of every purchase you make at Summerhill goes back into your account, which you can use towards future purchases anytime. Share the love with your friends to earn even more credits. Find out more about Summerhill Pyramid Winery's organic ambassador program and order online by visiting summerhill.bc.ca. Kalmana Family Estate Winery would like to welcome you to visit their spectacular winery in the heart of the Okanagan's Golden Mile Bench. Guests can enjoy seated tastings of six of their signature wines for up to six people per reservation. Feel comfortable knowing that rigid social distancing and cleaning protocols are in place to ensure the utmost safety of staff and guests. Kalmana Family Estate Winery, creating wines of excellence through the blending of art and science. Open 10 to 5 daily. Call or visit kalmana.ca for reservations. The Upper Bench of BC's Similkameen Valley, a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. Here, nestled in a sun-laden, stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clos de Soleil Winery. Clos de Soleil blends age-old Bordeaux varieties and a unique Similkameen minerality for wines that are elegant, age-worthy, distinctively terroir-driven. Visit them by appointment or purchase their wines online at clodesoleil.ca with free shipping offered to all BC and Alberta customers on orders of six bottles or more. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. He used to meet me on the east side in the city where the sun goes in. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. 
Our next guest is opening a new restaurant, uh, a very brave thing to do at this time. Uh, Jim Vessels, the executive chef of Mila Restaurant, uh, planning to open later this month. Jim, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for uh, having me to, you. Uh, to that wonderful opening that you did just for press. I have not been that impressed with a restaurant in a very long time. And it is, you're calling it plant forward. Give us a little idea of what that means when you go into Mila. Yeah, I mean, um, we're a fully vegan restaurant. I'm not, uh, I know a lot of people kind of go with plant-based or uh, plant forward, but we're definitely a fully vegan restaurant 100%. Um, so for that, that means no animal products um, whatsoever, uh, which is definitely um, a big part of, uh, you know, our mission as far as why we do it and what we're doing. So, yeah, it's a premium, premium fine dining restaurant uh, located in Chinatown. And uh, as you mentioned, we're, we're slated to open kind of closer to the end of the month. And I, when, when I op- sorry, Tony, go I'm ahead. I'm just wondering when you, you open a restaurant like that. So you obviously you've done the research. Who is that market and what, how, how do you, how do you, come to the decision to open open a restaurant that's plant-based yeah so we um you know obviously our our restaurant group actually uh we have another restaurant called virtuous pie which is a pizza restaurant which we opened about four years ago in vancouver and um you know for us the uh, vegan movement plant-based movement has been uh it's a, it's a huge movement right now it's growing a lot of people are becoming more conscious about their food choices especially when it comes to um you know, where their food's coming from and some of the environmental and health impacts of animal agriculture, as well as the, as well as the ethical impacts. And um, you know, there's been a lot more of that conversation happening uh, in the public. And I think, you know, for us, uh, what we're trying to really show is that you can have great food, great space, um, a great restaurant experience, and you don't have to necessarily um, give up things like taste or um, you can always feel good about that choice because you're going to be contributing to um, kind of a positive uh, restaurant experience and, and dining experience. There yeah. is so much flavor in your dishes. I mean, if somebody walked in there and didn't know that it was vegan, you know, they would have no idea. It's just everything you prepared. The sushi was just amazing. And Tony would go crazy over the mushroom and sausage taglatelli. Tell us a bit about that dish. Like, exactly what are you using in that dish that made it so flavorful? So I think um, just as like a, uh, a larger, um, I guess a larger thing with all of our food is, you know, whenever we set out to make a dish, you know, we always ask ourselves, you know, if I was a meat eater or if I was someone that, you know, maybe is pescatarian or flexitarian, there's so many different types of dietary, um, you know, people are on very different diets, um, you know, what would I miss? Would I miss the meat? Would I miss the dairy? And so for us, whenever we're creating recipes like the pasta, it's how do we create the same kind of really strong flavor profiles that you would have in, um, you know, in a traditional uh, meat or dairy based dish. And so uh, with the pasta, you know, we're using some really great products. Uh, we make our own cashew cream from scratch um, and we make our own pesto, pistachio pesto from scratch. And so we're able to kind of really uh, infuse a lot of extra flavor in those. And then we use um, some meat alternative products like Beyond Sausage. So I know there's a, a big, um, there's a lot of kind of hype around the Beyond Burger and some of those uh, meat alternatives. And so, you know, we try to take those and try to improve them as much as we can in our own kitchen so that they kind of provide as much flavor as possible. And that's really for us the most important thing is that we want people to leave satisfied and feeling like they didn't miss not having, you know, meat or dairy 
um, which would be more yeah. traditional. Uh, uh, we're speaking with Jim Vessels, the executive chef at uh, Mila Restaurant. Jim, uh, I just want to ask you this one question. Like, when you use words like sausage, do you, do you think it's confusing for people, or is it just is that the way it's evolved? I mean, I'm hardly an expert in this this field, but uh, uh, I just wonder when I see those words, what is it necessary or is it a transitional thing? Yeah, it's actually really interesting that you bring that up. There's been a lot of uh, controversy uh, both in the Canada and the U.S. regarding food labeling these days, uh, especially regarding, you know, whether or not the public understands, you know, if you call something milk, uh, what that means. And yeah. so I think pretty commonly if you tell people something's almond milk or something is oat milk, you know, no one really gets confused that that's not from a cow. Um, if you say you have a veggie burger or a veggie dog, same thing. everyone yeah. understands what you're talking about. So for us, um, you know, we don't really see an issue with the, the naming. I think at the end of the day, the public uh, understands um, they're going to have a, a lot better understanding of what exactly the uh, eating experience is going to be when we can be more, as accurate as possible. And at the end of the day, yeah. sausage, you know, so- sausage doesn't necessarily have... Uh, you know, sausage just basically means <laughs> any uh, real meat in it. <laughs> right, right. So yeah. for us, um, you know, the naming is not not as important, and we really want people to try to get a sense of what the food's going to taste like. So there is right. there is definitely some areas where we try to be a bit more careful and a bit more explicit. But for the most part, um, you know, people understand. Um, you know, just like if you got, yeah. uh, you know, peanut butter has no real butter in it, <laughs> but uh, it doesn't. People don't get too confused about that. So sure. you know, we think the public public's pretty smart and can kind of figure it out themselves. And Mila Restaurant is a beautiful restaurant, and it's at 185 Kiefer Street. Yep. And it's so bright and airy and high ceilings and beautiful art. I, I just can't get over it. It's so impressive to walk through the doors and then to sit down and enjoy a meal. You've, I don't know, I feel, I feel very virtuous just having you know dinner there and the one thing tony asked me do they have a burger oh my god that burger it's fabulous it was just it was so moist it was so flavorful and you know cheddar double patty i i don't think i've had a better burger in about two years very impressive yeah i think uh just with everything that we do whether it's the burger our pasta our sushi our goal is always just to infuse as much flavor as possible um, you know, ultimately, I think vegan food has gotten a bit of a bad rap over the years as far as being maybe flavorless or, um, you know, people kind of think about it as like quinoa and tofu and they kind of have these ideas that it can be very boring. But, you know, our goal is really to show people that you can still enjoy some of the, the things that you really like, um, you know, but do it in a more conscious way. And, um, you know, our, our, our goal is to obviously create a great restaurant for vegans and vegetarians, but also a place for people that generally eat meat. And, you know, if they just want to break from, um, you know, eating their normal kind of diet, they can come in and have um, some sure. vegan food and they're still going to feel really good about it. And uh, and there's a lot of people doing that these days. And Are you, uh, I'm wondering about whether it's a seasonal thing too. Like, you know how everything's local and seasonal. Does that, does that come to pass with this kind of food, with vegan food too? Or is it a different, is there a different evolution of when stuff is available? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's no different for us. Um, a lot of our dishes use a lot of vegetables. Um, obviously, um, that's a big, everything is a vegetable, essentially, that you're eating uh, in one form or another. So, um, you know, definitely seasonality comes into it. We're going to have uh, quarterly menu changes to go with the seasons. 
Um, you know, some of our more popular popular staples will probably stay on the menu, but we're definitely planning to kind of embrace seasonality in, in kind of our more veg four dishes and then in some of our traditional dishes as well. So I think, um, you know, it's no different than any other restaurant as far as seasonality is concerned. Well, it's pretty impressive what you did at Earl's. I mean, I can't believe it. You're at Earl's. You did an incredible cocktail program with appetizers. The cocktails, you're also doing beautiful cocktails. Um, one I thought was great. It's called an orange crush with pale ale and cane sugar and blood orange soda. Fabulous drink. Yeah, we have a great uh, great in-house team and, uh, you know, they, they work really hard to to come up with the cocktail program. So I'm super, super, super happy to be able to provide people not only a great eating experience, but a great cocktail experience. I think something the city is really missing is having a place that you can kind of go on a Friday, Saturday, have some really nice drinks, really nice dinner. Um, that's not too, you know, it doesn't feel too unapproachable. And for us, it's really about uh, having options for everyone. And so we have a variety of uh, housemade cocktails, but also, you know, some, some virgin cocktails as well for those people that don't want um, you know, alcohol and, and just a really robust uh, beer and wine program as well. So And impressive yeah. wines too, Tony. Did you take a look at the wine list? Yes, I did. And I was pretty happy with the pricing on the wine list too. Looks good. Looks reasonable. All British <laughs> Colombian uh, wines. Uh, we're speaking with Jim Vessel. He's the executive chef at Mila Restaurant. Now, I know there was uh, plans to open in uh, mid-September, but with COVID and all the things going on, I thought maybe I'd ask, uh, really, what are the challenges and when do you think you'll you'll be getting open, uh, fully open? I know you plan on lunch and dinner, but uh, for now, can you tell us a little bit about how you will roll out uh, the way that you're going to meet the public at Mila Restaurant? Yeah, well, you know, obviously we're going to be following the, uh, the the newest safety restrictions and, you know, the health and safety yeah. of our guests is our number one concern and our, and our employees as well. So we're going to be rolling out a uh, dinner just to, to start with dinner, just to kind of, you know, test the waters and make sure that we kind of got all our systems um, at kind of full full operation. And then once we're feeling confident with how everything's going, we'll, we'll roll out our lunch. And then ideally, um, you know, sometime in the new year, we'll probably roll out a weekend brunch program as well. So. Well, Jim, uh, I, w- I wish you well. It's no easy task, but uh, the menu looks great. If Wilson says it tastes great, and, uh, well, we can't wait to get in there, and we look forward to uh, getting down there when you're open for business later this month. Thanks so much Thank for you. joining us today on uh, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. It's great to talk with you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Jim Vessel, he's the executive chef at Mila Restaurant at 185 Kiefer Street in downtown Vancouver. Look for that to open uh, sometime in the middle of the month or maybe just a bit later as they uh, grapple with all the rules and regulations uh, one needs to know these days to run a restaurant. You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back uh, and head up to the Smilkameen Valley. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save On Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards. Plus, there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save On Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. 
The Wine Center at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery is waiting for you. Welcome to the new home of hospitality in the Okanagan. The wine shop is open for tastings, and the Modest Butcher Restaurant is ready to welcome you with the best dining experience in Okanagan wine country. Walk-ins are being accepted for tastings and dining, but reservations are still recommended. For the safety of guests and staff, extra cleaning, sanitization, and physical distancing protocols are also in place. For more information and updated developments, please visit mtboucherie.com. Hillside Winery is here to serve you, BC. We're offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We want to make getting your favorite Hillside wines easy. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, it's been a while since we spoke with our next guest, Jean-Marc Inixon. He's the uh, Coleman Vineyard Manager and Winemaker. Uh, and he is just about ready to start the harvest in the South Okanagan. Sean, Mark, how are you today? I'm good. Good morning, Anthony and Casey. Yeah, nice to talk with you. Uh, I don't know. For me, there's always a lot of excitement around the harvest. I know it happens at wineries. Are you feeling it now in the valley? Yeah, we they start a little bit like first grade prayer pick, I think, uh, last uh, week around Oliver, mm-hmm. so everybody starts to be very exciting. So the uh, what I can tell is that the weather's improved quite a bit. Uh, you're not uh, you're a bit behind in time, but everything's looking good in the vineyards. Yeah, so we are we are behind because of the weather in June. So the bloom was late, and the veraison as well. But now with 30 degrees, like I think the forecast is pretty good for the next two weeks. Uh, the vineyard is running well. So, yeah, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And uh, one one thing, the Coleman is on the way to being certified organic. How is all that going in the vineyard, and, and why is it important to, to go organic now? Uh, but I think for 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 different things, but I think to respect our terroir and for the next generation, we need to um, be conscientious of what we are going to do in the vineyard. Um, so that's the first point. That, that's why we move to be organic. Um, after to manage the vineyard, the Okanagan Valley is pretty nice to make organic great. Um because first, you don't have donny mildew, so we are pretty lucky. We don't have too much potrachis close to the harvest. Yeah. So it's, you, you need to be on the top of the vineyard every day, of course, when you are organic, because you, you don't have too much tool to manage it. But I think it's kind of easier than my, where I was born uh, in France. Sure. Um, so that's... My only issue is ma- managing the grass between the row or under the row. That's my biggest work. Uh, I didn't find a magic tool at this point, but we work on it. 
So organic wine, are there some uh, are there some things that you need to be, you said you had to be on top of stuff in the vineyard. What about at the winery? Are there other issues, or is it pretty straightforward after those grapes come in? Uh, as soon as you get the grape, it's kind of the, the biggest job, I think, is in the vineyard. Uh, and after, mm-hmm. in the cellar, we need to take care about uh, Total SO2, of course. Uh, we can choose a bunch of products, but at this point at Culmina, my goal is not to add too much product in the wine or whatever. So I'm, I'm pretty, oh, I can say that. Yeah, I think I'm matching everything to be organic as well in the cellar already. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, my biggest point about organics, like you live there with your family, you've got three little kids, uh, you're working in the vineyard, why wouldn't you want to work in a healthy environment? So actually working, you know, getting a vineyard certified organic is good for the whole family and good for the region and good for the wine. So it's it's almost a natural thing for us to do. And as you say, it's dry enough and, and it's an easier thing to accomplish in BC. So uh, we say go get them. We're, we're, we're right behind you on that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I want to ask you a couple of questions. One was that uh, you spent a whole year studying uh, uh, the relationship between vine water stress and grape maturity. Has it been useful in the Okanagan, where you're working in a desert, to have done that work? And and how does it how does it affect the way that these wine the, these vines are growing? Uh, that's that's the world. A lot of work in the vine so that helped me a lot to learn how we can manage the, the water stress of the grape. Um, I'm lucky that I'm working with a vineyard that uh, don't trick build that very well. So we have a lot of tools to manage it. Uh, the irrigation is pretty efficient. So every day, in fact, well, every two times a week, we check the hydric stress with the pressure bomb uh, in the vineyard to see where we are. We check as well by uh, eye to see the leaf, how are the leaf, what's the color of the leaf and everything. And in fact, it's a work of every week we need to take care about the irrigation uh, to make sure that we don't put in too much water, but just enough. And mm-hmm. as soon we have like, um, for the bloom, we must be sure that we have enough water in the ground. Uh, we need to play a little bit with the stress before the raison to ask the vineyard to say, okay, stop to focus on your growth, go to focus on your grape. So that's very interesting to do. I'm learning every day of that, on that, of course. Um, and I think everybody is learning on that. Um, and it depends where you are, which block, which varietal, of course, uh, what's mm-hmm. your soil. And uh, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny thing. Yeah, it's... Uh... Well, it's, I always look at it in terms of uh, like humans, you know, they can take a bit of stress, but not a lot of stress. They, you just have to, to keep it on the edge to ke- keep everything going and healthy. Uh, a lot of things have happened. The winery's been sold uh, since you arrived there. Uh, you know, you mentioned that uh, the Drake's family had done such a great job uh, carving that place out and getting it going. How will things change or evolve at Coleman and now? What do you see uh, uh, will you go down the same Bordeaux path, or, or you know, what is it that that you you think you will uh, will be doing down there in the next ten years? Oh, next ten years—that's uh, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> at this point, 
at this point, uh, the, the goal is stay the same. It's try to understand the terroir the best as we can, make the best grape we can, and try to make the best wine with that. That's the goal. So uh, right now we have like, of course, it's more Bordeaux varietal, like Merlot, Cap Sauve, Malbec. I have very nice results with Malbec as well, Cap Franc. Um, but of course, we're still looking on the other side as a gunner, as a white, as Syrah as well. We're going to launch our first Syrah this year. Yeah. Uh, so I think we keep the same philosophy that don't start here. Uh, and I'm, I have a lot of freedom to do it. Uh, Artera is pretty respectful on that. Um, mm. And I think it's where we are, we are going. Yeah, try to make the best as we can. Are you finding any challenges related to climate change? Here, I, I don't think so too much because we have tools to manage that because you are allowed to have irrigation. Yes. Uh, so that helps a lot, of course. Without that, there is no vineyard here. Um, another thing is... Uh, it depends maybe of the of the cold this next winter we'll see but it's challenging but it's not crazy uh i most care for example about the fire all the smoke and everything so we are pretty lucky right now and the last year as well so that's my biggest concern yeah uh Jean-Marc Nixon, he's the winemaker and uh, vineyard manager over at Comina. We've been talking to him about a number of different issues, about visiting now because we're running out of time. Uh, You're still open for tastings and uh, sales daily until October 31st, I understand. So uh, uh, do you still have your reserve tastings and do people people have to make an appointment now to do that uh, due to COVID-19? Yes. Yes. They need... um, uh after, of course, they can they can show up on the gate, and uh, if we have room, we can fit them in it. Uh, right. But usually, it's better to have an appointment to be sure that you have room. Yeah. Somebody told me the gate's open there now. But before COVID, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before no, COVID, long, and then you had to close it, it again. Was, yeah. No, it was a long fight with them. It was a funny one. Uh, yeah. But yes, no, usually no, the gate is always open. We are very pleased to have you uh, tasting the wine on the Pacho. It's beautiful. Uh, everything is safe. Everything is ready. We didn't have any issues this year. It's worked pretty well. People have, uh-huh. uh, have good time because wine, first time for wine, why I'm making wine, for example, it's, it's for the pleasure. So I hope people are going to enjoy it. Yeah. Jean-Marc, thanks so much for joining us today. I know you have to get back uh, to work, and uh, within a week's time, you'll be very busy uh, over the harvest period as well, uh, probably going right into November this year, which will uh, uh, mean you've got a lot of work ahead of you. Yeah, it's going to be a funny one. Well, we wish you luck. We'll see you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's Jean-Marc Nixon. He's the Colmenas Vineyard Manager and Winemaker. Uh, big property there, and of course they have several, several different levels, including those uh, benches high up in the air uh, where they're growing Gruner Veltliner and pretty pretty interesting Chardonnay as well. 
Uh, we'll have to take a quick break, but there's plenty more coming up on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And we'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Tin Horn Creek Vineyards has opened its doors. Visitors are welcome to stop by the wine shop for both sales and tastings. The award-winning Miradoro restaurant is now also open for table service and takeout. Reservations are required. Can't make it in? Take advantage of free shipping on orders over six bottles or send wine to someone you love to show them you're thinking of them. Curbside pickup is also available for online and phone orders. For full details and the latest updates, please visit tinhorn.com. Black Hills Estate Winery invites you to raise a glass with them this summer to celebrate their 20th anniversary season. Make sure to join them on the sun-soaked patio for a sampling of their premium wines. Or, if you can't make it out this summer, then don't forget to check out their popular virtual tasting program online. For reservations or for more information, visit them at blackhillswinery.com and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Stuck at home? Planning your next getaway without the airfare? Think Therapy Vineyards. Imagine staying at the Inn on the Vineyard, overlooking Lake Okanagan and Giant's Head Mountain, sipping the latest releases all within steps of your luxurious boutique-style room. It's the ultimate wine lover's getaway without the flight. For a limited time, BC Food and Wine radio listeners can save on their stay at Therapy Vineyards. Just remember the code Gizmondi when you book online at therapyvineyards.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. On the road again, going places that I've never been. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we are going to be on the road again, and uh, we're going to get to that shortly uh, with the. Stories about our travels coming up are uh, in province travels. But before that, uh, the best dishes I've eaten this week. Mine have all been at home. (laughs) (laughs) Although, you know, I do have some decent takeout once in a while. But uh, where have you been eating, Casey? Well, I've been starting with Mila. I mentioned uh, when we were talking to Jim that it was the... Sushi was so impressive, and especially the Mila roll, which was heart of palm and uh, avocado, cucumber, black sesame, a a really excellent crunch from tempura that was part of it. It was just, it was was amazing to have sushi like that, and, uh, you know, there was no seafood, no fish, and -hmm. you didn't feel that you were missing a thing. I also, uh, during COVID, and I'm still ordering from Top Table Takeout, too, it's called. And what I have learned is restaurants get the best ingredients. They're, they're superior to what we buy in the grocery store. And one that just blew me away was uh, the bacon from Top Table Takeout. It is so flavorful. It's the right thickness. And I, when I make bacon and I give it to people to try, like I watch them try that bacon, you know, here to have a taste. And it's just their face changes. It's just, I've never tasted bacon like that in Vancouver before. So if you want to order some really good products, and I'm talking about uh, 
you know, they're even selling baking powder, flour, everything. It's very, very good. And with some of those ingredients, I made our friend, Marie McMillan, who used to be the food editor of the Vancouver Sun, his chocolate cake recipe. And I, I brought in some chocolate cake for Anissa, our producer. In fact, I love bringing things in for her to taste because she's got a very good palate and she doesn't like things that are too sweet. And uh, she actually isn't a chocolate person, but I think she did enjoy the chocolate cake. But she's, I also uh, made a banana cake. It's probably the best banana cake you'll ever taste. And it's in the Vancouver Sun if you Google my name. It will pop up. Also, the chocolate cake. Did takeout from Minerva's in Caresdale. It's been around for years and years. It's pro that's probably the most flavorful takeout pizza in the city. The the crust is the right thickness, and it's not usually when you get pizza, it's kind of soggy in the middle. It's not like that at all. We did pepperoni. And, um, of course, for the kids, pineapple and bacon, it was very good. Okay, and I'm jumping in there. Uh, I'm adding uh, the takeout pizza from Carmelo's in West Van. The Tuscan and oh, the okay. Margareta. They have a beautiful uh, oven there, and they do a great job on that. And they do a great job on takeout, very slick, very fast. And uh, you stay outside the restaurant, and it's, it's really well done. I would love to check that out, Tony. And that's in mm -hmm. West Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, on the North Shore. But it's best to just order it and pick it up if you're in the area. Even if you, you know what a good thing to do is to, say, go down to Ambleside Beach for sunset or whatever and, you know, order that pizza, grab it, walk down to the beach, and uh, you're good to go. I'll meet you tonight. <laughs> All right. It's going to be a hot one. <laughs> and uh, I just, I want to mention uh, something about Greek salads. So we ordered a Greek salad from Minerva's. It was perfectly prepared, half-inch pieces and diced, you know, cucumber, tomatoes, red peppers. I don't, I don't like green peppers. I don't use them at all. To me, they're not ripe. There was uh, also red onion and, of course, uh, olives. So what I do when I have Greek salad and I'm talking about ordering it in, I always just dump the salad into a colander because olive oil is expensive, and the Greek restaurants don't use expensive olive oil, so I, um, you know, remove the olive oil that's there, and then I use my own, and I use um, lemon juice on it. I don't use vinegar. And it. I'm telling you, Tony, it is... That's what I did on um, Sunday night, and it was it was absolutely a perfect Greek salad. Hmm. Sounds good to me. I love a Greek, good Greek salad. Uh, you know what I had last night was a fantastic corn salad, Casey. Ah. Oh, my. With uh, black beans and, oh, just fantastic. You know, a real summer sort of treat. Yes. Uh and with a glass of Chardonnay, it was just it was just outstanding. And where did you have outstanding. that? Right on my deck. It was a totally uh, oh, wow. You've got the best totally, deck for that. Yeah, totally vegan. I thought it was a totally vegan dinner, and then I we did have some cheese with with the tomatoes and burrata. So it was it's veg, it was vegetarian, not vegan. But anyway, the sounds very fantastic. healthy. 
Yeah, listen, folks, uh, we are going on the road. We're going to do uh, uh, three big shows on the road, and uh, which is a big effort now in terms of getting organized uh, to do it, uh, you know, with COVID. But they're going to all be outdoors. Uh, the first show we're going to do is uh, on the new deck at uh, the Inn at Therapy Vineyards. I can't wait to do that. And, uh, of course, we'll be catching up with uh, Jack Kemp there to talk about her Pinot Noir projects and all the new plantings at Therapy. And, of course, we're inviting, I mean inviting, there will be several wineries there uh, for the two-hour show on uh, on next Monday. So we'll be talking to a lot of people along the Naramata bench. Basically, that's the theme of that grape escape uh, from there, we're going to move over to uh, West Kelowna. We're going to do two shows in West Kelowna. One at Mission Hill, where we will catch up with all of the uh, iconic wineries of British Columbia, as they call themselves now. And that includes uh, Cedar Creek, Checkmate, Martins Lane, uh, Liquidity, who am I missing? Road 13, Casey, and Mission Hill. We'll be talking with uh, all of their, I hope, all of their chief winemakers, depending on uh, what's going on with the harvest. Uh, because a lot of them will be super busy, but we'll be doing a final check there for the year. And then, Casey, uh, we're going over to one of your places where you can't wait to go. It's brand new. Uh, the winery is just opening, and we are going to uh, do another show on that, uh, uh, sort of a Kelowna, East-West Kelowna show uh, on the deck there. Uh, At Mount Boucherie. Yeah, at Mount, yeah, sorry. Yes, I should <laughs> say that. At Mount Boucherie Winery. Uh, which has built a new facility, and they have a new restaurant, which we're going to check out, too, and report on, because uh, we haven't been in there yet. And they really have the funniest guys in the business. I mean, it's so much fun to talk to them on the phone and some of the emails. Oh, my goodness, they're just crazy guys. We're also going to have Spearhead Winery on, and uh, Tony Stewart's going to join us, and the chef, Roger Sleeman, from Quailsgate. From Quailsgate. Yeah. And we're going to check out their restaurant, Old Vines. Uh, we've got yes, so we much are. planned, Tony. I hope you're going to rest up. Uh, I am, and uh, we're going to roll those uh, shows out all uh, all through September, all through the harvest, basically, and uh, maybe have time. I'm actually I'm trying to put together, Casey, a, uh, a, uh, a set of harvest videos this year. Oh, that's uh, a great idea. Talking to people in the vineyards and uh, in front of the crushers and uh, see whether we can put together some sort of story about uh, 2020 across, uh, you know, following the grapes, as we say, across the vineyards of British Columbia. So it's going to be a busy month for us here on the show, and uh, we'll have lots of updates for you, lots of wines to talk about, and, of course, lots of foods. It's the number one question we get is where to go, where do you stay, and what do you yes, eat? Yes, so what we'll do you eat? Up- I want to mention, too, we're going to have uh, Krista Lee uh, McWaters on, and the time, the state, the name has been changed to Five Vine Cellars, so we're really looking forward to getting caught up with her. Also, Richard De Silva, you know him, Tony. Sure. La Stella, La Vue Penn, Poplar Grove. I mean, it's a great lineup. All that coming up over the next few weeks. we got to get out of here, Casey. We're out of time. I want to thank everybody for joining us today on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. And special thanks to our technical producer, Anissa Hetherington, who will be in the studio while we're on the road, uh, connecting us back to the station. And uh, 
getting everything just nailed down the way it should be. For now, uh, we wish you a great, sunny, warm weekend and uh, hope to see you soon, either on the road or back in the studio. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Have a great weekend. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.